In this week's parasha, one of the things that are going on is the story of Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain, where they wanted to have a share on the other side of the Yardin because they had a tremendous amount of cattle, livestock, and they needed to have an area which is appropriate for their livestock. And Moshe Rabbeinu, in the conversation, he tells them that they have to come and join the war with their brothers, after we capture the land, and then you can go back, and then you will be clean in the eyes of Hashem and the eyes of the Jewish people. The Gemara Masech Tashkolim, Masech Tashkolim is really Yerushalmi, it's not a Bavli, but it's in the system of the Dafyomi they learn it, it's incorporated to some degree in the Bavli cycle there. But in the Yerushalmi, in Masech Tashkolim, the second parak, Yerushalmi learns out from this Pasuk, that a person has to behave in a certain way that his actions are considered just and correct and right in the eyes of people, not only in the eyes of Hashem. And it's talking about over there, halakha, regarding one who goes to make a donation in the lishka, he goes in to give money, so it has to be done in a a very, very interesting procedure how it's done, the type of clothing that he has to wear, he has to wear clothing that it's not possible to hide money in there, certain type of shoes, he's not even allowed to wear tefillin because possibly uh, it's possible to think that the person hid the money in the tefillin and his whole procedure, they talk to him the entire time so he cannot hide money in his mouth and the reason for this is because it's possible that after a person goes to this lishka and afterwards, immediately afterwards, he's going to become poor or rich. If he becomes poor, people will say that the reason why all of a sudden there was a strong din against him in Shemayim is because he stole. And because he stole, he was punished and now he became poor because of it. Or... He became rich. Why did he become rich all of a sudden? All of a sudden he became such a good businessman. So it must be that he stole money. We know Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabenu went out and showed all the people exactly what the donations were used for in the Mishkan in order that people should not think that Moshe Rabenu pocketed the money. So you see that there's a halacha that a person can only be naki in the eyes of Hashem, not only do actions which are correct in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but his actions also have to be in a way that he doesn't create chashad by other people, he has to be naki me'odam, and that becomes halacha. So obviously there's a lot to talk about over here, and it's a very complex halacha with the gedorim of the halacha, because you have to know how much you have to take that into consideration, Khatam Sofer says it's one of the most difficult balances that a person has to have. It's very complex. And even in the Havana, in the understanding of why we have to take people's way of looking at you into consideration, is a shmuz in itself. But today I want to focus on a different point. 
I want to focus on the Koychas HaNefesh HaOdam, the way the human being looks at people, which he sees an isolated Misa where a person goes into the Lishka, and then he's wearing certain type of clothing, let's say, and then he comes out and something changes in his life, and all of a sudden he already touched up the person, he has a whole view of the person based on this little isolated thing. We want to try to go into the Koychas HaNefesh HaOdam, and that's very important for us. And maybe we'll bring it down to a practical level in a chinuch perspective, which is very important to know for your children, for your talmidim. So the first thing is I want to mention a point that we saw this week in the Vad. We saw, we were reading a piece of Sif Chaim from Reb Chaim Friedlander. And Reb Chaim Friedlander, his Vad that he was talking about, he was talking about humility versus gaifa. And he says, he brings down a halacha in the Torah that says, that if let's say you go to your friend, and you ask your friend for something, you want to borrow his car, you want to borrow, rent his house, whatever it is, you need something from your friend, you need some help in business, you need a connection, you need something from your friend, and you ask him for it, and then he says no, he denies you the request. And that bothers you tremendously. So a normal person harbors a certain hatred, kapeda, a certain angry. He holds a grudge within his heart. This is what we call lotitor. And where does it manifest itself? That when the person will come back to you at a later date, and he'll say to you, can I borrow from you? Can I rent from you? He also needs to come on to you. And the person responds, he says, you know what, I'm going to be a good guy, I'm going to give you what you need, I'm going to treat you like a mensch, I'm not going to be cheap, I'm going to be a giving person, not like the way you behave towards me. So that's the love of Lotitor, where the person harbored that kpeda, he remembered it, he lived with him, and when the opportunity came that he's able to get his message across, he found the perfect opportunity and now he said his peace and he got the message across. And that's the Isur in the Torah. So Reb Chaim Friedlander asks a question. He says, at the end of the day, this person actually acted incorrect by not giving you, not lending you, not doing what a nice thing, a nice act that he should have did. And what's wrong... If the person wants to teach him the proper behavior. You know, there is a mitzvah in the Torah. It's a big chesed. If you see that there's a flaw in your friend's character, a flaw in your friend's behavior, that you should be able to help your friends. People don't always see their own problems. So if you see someone is lacking in some area, so tell them, what's wrong with that? Why is the Torah against this? So Reb Friedlander says that the Torah was Yerid L'Toich Oymek Libay Shal Odom. Says a very deep thing in the Koychas HaNefesh of a person. That a person has inside of himself a deep desire to be above everybody. And to see himself better and higher than other people. So here came an opportunity where he's able to show the person, look, I am better than you. You are cheap. You're not a giving person. 
Look at me, I am a giving person. It's not the point to help you reach conclusions of how you should work on your Avaidus Hashem. But really it's coming from a place where I'm trying to show that I am better than you. And I am higher than you. And therefore there's like, so to speak, an inner Kayak HaNefesh within a person who wants to see people in a critical light. And want to see people in a way that they should see their flaws and see their problems, so therefore they see people around them as smaller than them, and less qualified than them, and less worthy than them, they have this inner desire to see that. And when a little bit of evidence can come along, and they're able to touch the person in such a negative way, especially if at the same moment they can show themselves to be better, then that is the way the brain will process what's going on, and he'll go and do that type of thing. That's what Reb Chaim says. We see this halacha also, and it's a very deep point that we're going to bring out over here, that once you make this hanacha about a human being, once you see this in a person, the flaw, and that little flaw, that little mice, that little thing that you jump conclusions, to see him in a negative way, by you becomes factual to the point that you're willing to bend any other evidence to fit that hanocha that you made. For example, we know that the halacha is that a person who has to go to the bathroom, the halacha is asbal shaksu. Even if he's in the street, he has to go to the bathroom. But the halacha is he has to find ofer atichuach. He has to find soft soil or dirt that could absorb the meraglayim. Because if, let's say, it would be a hard surface, a rock or something like this, so the nitzotzot of the meraglayim will come back onto his shoes, and another person will see it, and will say this person is obviously a kroshofcha. He obviously has a medical condition, that the nature of this medical condition is, that the meraglayim has to drip down, and then we have a kroshofcha. So he sees this guy, Automatically is assuming Khrushchev, which is probably a very small percentage of society, and probably 90% the reason why there's Mayra Glaim on his shoes because it was Iraq, but okay. So now he wants to see this person in a negative way. He wants to see a person deficient. That's the Koichazanepesha Adam. Is that he wants to see a person that way, so he already decides he's a Khrushchev. But then he sees this man as he comes out from wherever he was, and he goes to the minivan, not the minivan, the 15-seater van, the 12-seater van. And he has a Muradika van over there, full with kids, yeshivish kids. I don't know what. The guy's wife, she's wearing a tichel, she's mama, she's a new and a tzadikas, and all kinds of things. And he says, one second, I have a kasha on my anacha, right? Khrushchevka, van of kids. You can't have kids when you have Khrushchevka. Ah, must be the mamzerim. Not only do you make such a hanocha in a human being, but you're so stuck to the hanocha that when you have the biggest gash in the world, you have to come up with the pshat to hold the hanocha in place, which is That's the koiches hanefesh Now we have to know that we could take the point that Reb Chaim Friedlander said, and see it on a more dachistic oifim, which is not as sharp as what he's saying. But it's more nageya in a certain way. 
A nekuda. About this nekuda is MS, that a person has this inside of him, that he wants to see people in a negative way, 100%. And you're seeing this in the halach of Nikim Ma'odam, in the Lishka, I mean, the guy's going out on a tangent over here, that we have to turn over the world, that there shouldn't be such a chashad. Avadi, you see, koiches hanefesh ha'odam in a very strong way, like 100%. But there's also a certain flaw in ha'odam, that ha'odam is locked into a prat. And there can be many reasons why he's locked into that prat. And he doesn't see the bigger picture. There can be many reasons. Let's take the example that Reb Chaim was talking about when you come to borrow something from somebody. So to ask somebody for a favor, to lower yourself, to go and open up and be vulnerable before another person about your needs, about your private issues, about where you're lacking and you need to come on to another human being, that's also a certain level of vulnerability to it. And then you're expecting that the person, after you open yourself up to him, after you machmiah yourself to him, after you, you, you came to bend to him to ask him for something and he stood up, you stood you up. There's a certain sensitivity in a human being, which is a very painful thing where he felt that he was vulnerable and he got turned down. That sensitivity is an emotion. So the, the isolated mysa, is included together with an emotion which takes you over. And when there's an emotion involved, and when there's a feeling involved, you get stuck in it. And it becomes the whole thing. You can't see the Klolius Adam. We have this issue where we go around passing judgment based on a Maise Prati, and we get stuck in that Maise Prati, and especially if there is a emotion involved, that it becomes the whole thing. And you can't get out of that. You find it in so many different ways. I can take you through subject after subject and show you many, many different ways. The way it works is, let's say for example, if a person sees a wealthy man, he's coming out of his house, his beautiful mansion. And outside of the front door is a beautiful car with a driver. And the guy comes out of his house, he's looking like a boss, as they say around here. And, or a mogul, I don't know, they have different uh, ways of saying it. And he has the driver, and it looks like this person, you saw a clip of his life. You saw one tiny three-second clip of his life, as he gets into that car, and from that prat cotton, you said, this person must be the most me'ushad person in the entire world. I, did you see the big picture? Did you see all the stress, the anxiety? Did you see everything that went into getting that house and that driver and that car? Did you see the big picture? If you saw the entire picture, I don't know if you would sign up so quickly. So we get caught for whatever negis that we have to get caught up in one prat. Whether it's to judge somebody negatively, whether it is to be attracted to a certain lifestyle, it could be any little thing which causes us to be stuck in a prat and not see the big picture, the Kholiistika Indian. And once you're caught in the prat, then you can't get out of that anocha. And you should know that people have this on a very holy level as well. Because if you analyze learning, what learning is, what's learning? When you learn a sugya, 
They're analyzing pratim. But there are people that can't get out of the prat. They're stuck in a, a, a sugya which is multiple pratim. But what is the job of the lamdim? The job of the lamdim is to build the cloud. How do we understand the mechanics of a chazaka? How do we understand something, right? So what are we doing? We're trying to see the bigger picture. And we're using the pratim to see the bigger picture. That's the avoid of learning. Is taking koil every single thing and working it together. And that is the avoid of kol hachayim. Is to study all the koiches in the Bria and to study everything in the Bria and to build the bigger picture. That it's Hashem's world. It's a world of chesed. There's, there's a bigger picture. But sometimes you have people in learning. They start a sugi, you have to be pretty good in learning to do this problem, but they start a sugi, and then right away they decide this is how the word has to be. They understood already that this is the anoch of how it works, and that's it, it's not negotiable anymore. Then they saw it in the Rajman, and the Ran, and the Ritvin, and then everything stems. Lishi Tosti, everything is mamish, not giant. You could ask him a kasha as big as the kasha of the guy in the van with the kids. But it also fits with his yisait. So, that's a koyach hanefesh in Odom, that he can go zero in the prat, and make the prat, that's everything, and then he's meshubah to that prat. This problem can happen in so many different ways, it's not shaykh. Of a human being, the koyach hanefesh of a human being. We find this also, benegeya hinuch, for example. You could have somebody, that their child is, let's say, aggressive. Aggressive child. So they can say, oh, aggressive behavior, aggressive child, big problem. We got to go, now we label him and we whatever, right? And you have to understand, that's not a simple thing. Because usually if somebody's aggressive, it means he's frustrated. So now you got to find out why he's frustrated. And the parent may not want to find out because he may be part of the problem. So he may rather not know that, you know? So you have to be an honest person and find out where the source of the frustration is. And you see the bigger picture. And even if there's a raya muchach ha'shayin alayah tshuva, that he's not be'etzim, my aggressive child. Because I want to tell you, stam is a cloud. If a guy has a problem, it has to be across the board. It can't be that there are circumstances that he's not aggressive. Because if with a certain crowd he's not aggressive... When he goes to his grandmother's house with his cousins, he's not aggressive. Then he doesn't have an aggression problem. There's some other problem. Because in that environment, it's not triggering it. So that means there is a way to make this kid feel comfortable. So before you decide if a guy is a problem, you have to make sure it's across the board. But that's seeing pictures. You can't zero into one behavior and then say, this is what the problem is, and this is the problem. You need to be a bigger, broader person. I want to tell you a story with Rabchach that I saw a couple of months ago. They came out with a new sefer for Rabchach, Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein. And I was reading through that sefer a little bit. It says a story like this. There's a mechanic that goes in front of Rabchach. He wants to throw a kid out of yeshiva. The kid is non-productive. He's not there by chakras. He's not there by sedorim. He's non-productive. And he gave the kid every schmooze in the book and then, the, the, you know, the geschmack and the this and the that. And the guy's not productive. So he can't have this kid in his yeshiva anymore. He wants to send, to send the guy out of yeshiva. So he goes in front of Rabshach 
just to get that final, you know, stamp of approval that he's doing the right thing. And Jack asks him a couple of questions. He asks him, in the house where this kid comes from, is there shalom bias with the parents? The man says, I have no idea. He asks him, what's the financial situation in the house? The Manal has no idea. Is there a troubled child in the house where he comes from? He asks him a bunch of questions about the home of this kid. And the Rebbe has no clue. Manal has no clue. And then he asks the Manal, do you know his mother's name? He's like, no, how am I supposed to know his mother's name? So you mean to tell me you never said one parakatil for the guy? And Rabshak said the way it's quoted in the book is, are you sure we gotta get rid of the kid or we gotta get rid of the manal? You understand? Because what he's saying is, you are tunnel vision. You only see one zach. The kid is not coming to Siddharam. He's not producing. And you know what the problem you have with that is? That's not good for you. It's all you care about is you need a running operation. And the operation is not running. But the way you're supposed to see things is if the, if the kid is not producing, you have to start finding out, searching out more information to find out what information you're missing to see in the bigger picture. And if you saw the picture in a different way, you would have a different person. That's a key thing in understanding people. We all think we're the smartest people in the world. We are every single one of us. We walk into this room, we think we have every guy in Yeshiva figured out. I had a 30 second conversation and I have the guy to the T. I have people coming back to me after the first date. They spend what, an hour and 45 minutes? I'm bored. This is not my wife. I mumish, I know this girl inside out from an hour and 45 minutes. Wow, you know, maybe I shall hire you as a therapist or something around there. You have such a tremendous koyach of teaching of personalities and people and the imkei nefesh. Wow, you blow me away. A person has to be open to see that there's things that you don't know. They have to be open to surprises. They have to be open to see different things that they didn't see before. And they can't be stuck in Hanochas. And Adirava, the bigger the question is, the more information you need. By us, when we see someone who's not acting in the correct behavior, if you see a Yirat Shamayim who's not acting in the correct behavior, or in Ben Adam the guy's not acting in the correct behavior, instead of jumping to conclusions... And deciding that he's probably a Russia, or he's probably a Moshchis, and he probably has Gefer Lechamidis, and he's a person you can't get along with because you have such a strong Kasha, then the Halacha is the opposite. The stronger the Kasha is, the more information you don't have. And therefore you have to seek more information. This is basic understanding that we cannot be Balei Prat, we have to be Balei Klal. Balei Klal means to see a much bigger picture than being locked into the superficial little evidence. So there could be midot that are forcing us to do that. Different reasons why we're doing that. And it could just be the fact that it's a weakness of the human being. That the human being 
right away, doesn't want to exert any energy. He doesn't want to be misun and bedin. He doesn't want to calculate and see deeper. He wants to make a quick hanacha, just like when he learns the Gemara, he wants to make a quick hanacha. And then he's so meshubit to his quick hanacha. He's not willing to let go of the quick hanacha, no matter what he sees. It's always going to be l'shitasai. That is a gefer lechazach. We have to know that's not the Torah approach to life. The Torah approach to life is an approach of understanding that you're always open to see different. And you can't be stuck and make on a superficial evidence a psak halach on a guy without understanding the full picture of a human being. And this is, again, this is a different shmuz. I don't want to go so much into it because it explains the whole Indian of Sinashchina and Noisabal B'chaveroi. Because we always, just a quick point, we always say Sinashchina. Most of us do not, I don't think I ever met a human being that hates somebody for no reason. You know, it's hard to find such a crazy man, you know. Even a guy who hates society, it's usually because he feels that society did bad stuff to him. And you don't find a guy just wakes up one day and just hates. It's hard to find that guy. So what does it mean, Sinashchina? So of course you have evidence. That's not the question. Let's take the case with the hammer. The guy didn't give it to you. You have a reason to be upset. You have a reason to be angry. But it's called Chinam. Because your whole side of your kapeidah was gebait on one nakuda. But if you saw the whole picture... And if you understood why he said what he said, and why it was impossible for him to lend it to you, if you would hear the whole story, then you would see it's nothing to be upset about. So Avad, it's not chinam in your perspective, but it's chinam in the emes. It's chinam. That's the idea. And the sugi of Noisibal B'chaver is the fakert the sugi. The sugi of Noisibal B'chaver is to be able to go into a person's life in all the pratim. To see the bigger picture. But that's the shmuz in itself. This is the way Hashem wants us to go around in life. Seeing things in a different perspective. Not stuck into the small thing. Sometimes people have this problem on themselves. Certain people have a personality, a perfectionist personality. And they can't be soivled that they make a failure. They can't be soivled failure. It bothers them to no end. So if they fail on something, the emotional pain that they go through in the failure makes them shtel. Shtel means makes them be so hyper-focused on that prat. And they, they, they decide to touch themselves up. I need to find better English words for these things, but I hope you're learning the language as we go. They have no other way to touch themselves up, only with this deficiency, and that becomes the whole other. It's the same problem. This problem of focusing on the prat and not seeing the bigger picture is in hundreds and hundreds of different inyonim. In the inyonim of Achzorius is the same thing. I'll give you a quick marshal. I don't want to be a fab, it's getting late. Quick marshal. When a guy's in the army and he's shooting at the person on the other side, he has to see him only as a target. If he starts to see him as a father of children and a husband to a wife and a son to parents, he'll never pull the trigger. Because he sees what the big picture. He has to be a prat. He has to be a target. That's it. 
If he's a target, you can hit him. Achzorius, what it does is, it zeroes into the person, it divorces him from the reality of the big picture. Otherwise, you wouldn't touch him. So in so many different subjects, this thing affects. And this is the that we're seeing over here from the Torah. We'll stop here.